Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with us here today. I really, really appreciate you. You can hear the traffic moving outside of my window. Yes, it is warm and sunny here in Southern California. We're going to have a little bit of traffic that joins us today on the show uh, because I have to have the window open. I am not going to suffocate, um, but it is a really great day outside. So if you'll enjoy the traffic with me, we can take this journey together as we talk about where you start and where you end. Um, And although that's what I want to call the show is where you start and where you end, I really want to think about it more along the lines of where you start and where you are now. Um, I'll have to play around with that. I may end up actually changing what I intended the title to be because I do like that. Where you start and where you are now. And where you end up may even be someplace else different, but the things that we start off in in life, when we're tiny children, the world that we're brought into uh, can be so massively different from the place that we end up at, right? It can be such a huge change. Sometimes, though, Sometimes it's exactly the same. I mean, I've kind of always been a little jealous of the people that I've known who grew up on the family farm, lived there their whole life, um, you know, and uh, when they when it became their time, they took over the reins of the farm. Now, with that said, you need to understand I'm, I'm not a farmer type of person. I like some farm games would probably be the best way of saying it, you know. Uh, And I say that because I remember one time on the home version of Family Feud way back in the day, it said, you know, what do farmers do for fun? And one of the answers was drive tractor. Um, And the truth of the matter is, is that I don't know any farmers that actually drive tractors just for fun. Um, That's kind of more something that us from the city would think of as being a lot of fun, Uh, you know snowmobiling, three-wheeling, those kind of things. All of those, all of the farmers and ranchers that I know, they have those quote-unquote toys um, for very practical reasons for their work. But for us, looking on the outside or coming to visit, um, you know, they're a blast, right? Um, And so then when we think of, hey, yeah, I'd love to be a farmer because I could just drive tractor all day long, right? Um... I, I understand the early mornings to late nights that they work all the time. And and I know that it was never something that I was gifted at or my calling. My oldest brother is totally that guy um, that could just spend his whole life working from dusk to dawn on a farm. And, and it would have been the most fulfilling thing he could have possibly done in his life. So there are times when that place you start is exactly the same place that you are now. And it'll be the place that you'll end. Um, You know, I know some gentlemen who they came right out of high school, went on to college, or some of them didn't even do college. They just went straight into the pulpit. And, um, you know, they've been preaching ever since. My dad really is kind of a now, my dad's a little obscure in that, in that, Throughout the course of that, he also did a lot of schooling um, and worked for several years, actually, as first a salesperson and then a manager in Prudential. But he was always in a pulpit. Um, even the times when he wasn't a staff member on, on staff at a church, he was very much still a minister. That's just who he was. Um, and so sometimes we start off one place in life and we 
stay there throughout our lives. Other times, we start off someplace, and the place that we are now, the place that we end up at, is so dramatically and drastically different. The difference is so phenomenally weird, really, that when somebody even from the outside looks on, they can't see the thread. What I want you to understand is there is a thread throughout all of your life. Now, part of that has to do with the fact that I believe very strongly there is a God and that he does, when we allow him, guide and direct the thread of our life and that he is always trying to bring things back together for good um, to the best possible for us. Um, and then we keep messing it up. Um, it's kind of like we are children, right? You know, you get the house all cleaned and then the kids mess it up again. It's kind of what we do with our own lives. But what we see throughout all of our life, whether the place we began and the place we are now are exactly the same, or we started off in one place and we're in some place so drastically different, inside of that, there is a thread. There's a thread of purpose. There's the thread of who you are and what you're meant to do in this world. There is you. You see, the you that you are is someone who was birthed into the world with purpose. The entirety of the universe moved in complete symphony to ensure that you came into existence. Because no matter how your purpose shows up and no matter what way, as inconsequential as it can often seem, I remember the days when I was a single parent um, and life was about, well, I say getting up in the morning. It was more like still being up after work in the morning, getting the kids off to school, sleeping for a few hours, getting, you know, and then the kids would come home from school, um, make sure their needs were taken care of, and then go out to work. I was working a, a late shift. I don't know that you'd call it an evening shift. It was like four. Um, you know, four to midnight, four to two o'clock, you know, something like that, depending on the particular day. And the thread of purpose felt about as far away as it can possibly feel. And I know some of you understand totally what I mean by that. You're like, Steve, I don't have a purpose. My life is totally purposeless at this point. I get up in the morning, I take care of this child or these children. I clean the same part of the house that I cleaned yesterday. I do the same dishes, wash them again today that I washed yesterday. I go to the same job and I do the same thing, the same tasks at my job every single day. I'm not making a difference in my own life, let alone in somebody else's. But I want you to stop for a second. I want you to see the impact you're making. Maybe the impact is on those precious babies. You never know amongst the children that you're taking care of who might just be the person who discovers the cure for cancer, the next Billy Graham, the next president of the United States. Maybe your little girl is the first girl that's going to be the first female president of the United States. Maybe it'll even go further. Maybe she'll be president of the world. Maybe, maybe that precious baby will be a great father, will stand up and be a man in a sea full of little boys to treat women poorly, he will see your example and he will learn to be respectful to a woman. Oh, 
what a purpose that is all by itself. And there are other things that he'll do that may not even be the heart and soul and core of his purpose. That may just be a wonderful byproduct of your purpose. I know, right? You didn't really see that one sneaking up on you that in the midst of all the dirty diapers and the dirty dishes and the I've picked up this same group of toys 400 times and that was just today. In the middle of all of that, there is purpose. There is something greater, something deeper. For some, you know, it isn't those precious souls. It's, you know, it's the work they do at church. It's the Sunday school class they lead. It's the smile that they give as a cashier at a restaurant or at a grocery store that makes people feel glad that they came in, that takes a person whose day has just been horrendous and somehow up-levels it. I don't know what your purpose might be, but I know it's there. And I know that regardless of where you started out, I've I work so much with my authors and I've heard some horrendous stories of the horrible abuses that many started out at. It's it's inconceivable, it's irreconcilable with the concept of thinking of purpose. Where you started out, there's no excuse for it. I'm not even going to attempt to try to say that it was all right because it wasn't okay hear me clearly on that there's no excuses for it none at all but what i need you to understand what i hope that you'll hear is that your purpose propels you your purpose is so important in this world on this very planet for you to make the difference that only you can make because when you stand up and be the best you you can be somehow the world spins a little better things are better it feels un inconsequential to you you look back at where you began and you sometimes wish you were there you look back at where you started and you just are abhorred by the abuses of your past. And to see purpose in all of that seems impossible. But here's where you are now. You're going to end the race of Victor. Absolutely. I guarantee it. You will win the race of your life. But in the meantime, where you are now isn't determined by where you started. It's determined by you going through the random wandering journey of your life to the place where today we maximize while it's called today. Today's the day we've got. I can't promise you tomorrow. I can't buy back yesterday. But today... I can help you. I can show you the best me that I can be. And in so doing, you can make the difference that only you can make in this world. Today, not where you started, not even necessarily where you're going to end, but where you are now. Where you are now is good. It doesn't feel like it. Trust me, I get that. I understand all too well how down life can be and how much is coming at so many of you, myself included. But this too is good because you are going to propel through to do things that will boggle the mind and will make such a tremendous, amazing miraculous, remarkable difference in the world. It doesn't matter whether you see 
throngs of people falling at your feet because of what you did. It just matters that you live the best you you can right now where you are. Not where you were, not where you're going to be, but where you are. And that is absolutely what it means to live as a thriving entrepreneur. We're going to take a break and then we'll be right back. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us today on Thriving Entrepreneur as we talk about it's not about where you began. It's not about where you end, but it is who you are and where you are now. Our life is a wandering, rambling journey, and there are times when we go to the worst places. We do the most horrendous of things. There are times when we are at the peaks of the mountaintops. Throughout our life, there are hills, there are valleys, there are great things And there are times when we are so low. But throughout all of that wandering, there is a plan and there is a purpose. And to help us talk about today, I'm joined by international best-selling author to talk about his book, Wander, My First 50 Years. Join me in welcoming John Shields. Hey, John, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Steve. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. So your book, Wander, My First 50 Years, tell us a little bit about you and what inspired you to write the book. Well, I've, I've had quite a complicated life. Um, as my book sort of points out, uh, from a very young age, I sort of learned a lot of bad things from my dad about how to how to live two separate lives in one person. Uh, Sometimes a a good, godly, wholesome man, and and other times just someone who you really wouldn't want anything to do with. And uh, I've spent a good part of my life really ashamed of my past. And I just sort of sat down one day and said, you know, God has really worked wondrously in my life to transform me from the person that I was into a totally different creation. And, and I really want to share that, right? I'm scared. I'm scared to open up to people and, and be this brutally honest. But on the other side, I really want people to know that no matter where you've gone or what you've done, that you can't outrun the reach of a loving Heavenly Father. The feedback that I've seen all seems really positive. What kind of feedback have you gotten from the book so far? 
I've had several folks contact me and their first word is usually, wow, I've known you for years, but I didn't know these things about you. And I guess that goes back to, again, the, the kind of example I was given as a child is that you have this private side of you that only your family is allowed to see. And then you have this public persona that you have to that you have to show the rest of the world because you don't want anyone thinking that you're a bad person. You don't want anyone thinking that you're not a good Christian. But what happens at home stays at home and no one's even allowed to talk about it. Um, it's, it's not a healthy way to grow up. And a lot of Christian families have that dynamic of, you know, shame and hiding and those kind of things. Um, what secret did you learn to help you come out from underneath of that shame and begin to, first of all, heal yourself? Well, my healing began on my knees on the floor of a jail cell. I had fallen just about as far as a man could go. I had brutalized my family. I had destroyed everyone that I loved. And I was all alone in that jail cell, right where I knew I belonged. Exactly where I belonged for the things that I had done. I didn't deserve any better than that. But I prayed that day. I said, God, I beg you for mercy because I know justice. Justice would keep me right where I am. But I need your mercy. I need your help to change. I don't want to be the man that I've been. I don't want to live the rest of my life the way I have lived my life so far. I want to be real. I want to be yours. I don't, I don't want this life anymore. And at that point is when the change began. It was a long, long change. It, it took a lot of work. But that was my bottom point. And not that any of us ever, you know, quote unquote, arrive, but what is life like now on the other side of that? I'm so blessed, Steve. I know a lot of times I get frustrated just like everyone else does with the pressures of life and the pressures of work. And, but, you know, God has restored my life in ways that I never imagined. Uh, I've got a good relationship with my children, finally. Uh, I have a wonderful wife of almost 13 years now that loves and supports me in everything I do. I, I have a career as a registered nurse that I absolutely love. Uh, I sing in a gospel group, which is something that's always brought me joy. Uh, Oh, gosh, there's just such, there's such a freedom. There's just such a joy every time I wake up now, knowing, knowing where I've been, knowing where God has brought me. I don't deserve any of it, but that's the good thing. That's the exciting thing about being a, a Christian. You come to the realization that we don't deserve what he has done for us it's totally unmerited it's nothing that i can earn it's nothing that you can earn but when we accept christ into our heart is something that he gives us because he loves us it's just amazing and i don't want to make you uh you know dig too deeply back into that ick but um for people who are struggling 
what would you say is the biggest excuse that you found yourself at least using to not make that change before you did? Well, I'd always been taught that if you, that if you love someone, you have control over them. That, that if you, if you love your wife, if you love your kids, you have complete control. You know, they, uh, they will obey. They will, they will do what you expect of them. And they won't stray beyond any boundaries you set for them. And, and if you make sure that happens, that's demonstrating how much you love them. Uh, control is a dangerous thing because none of us really ever have control. We don't, we don't have control over our circumstances. We, we don't know what's going to happen a minute from now, but we like to feel that we have control over things. But when you try to control people, especially people that you love, well, it's like sand running through your fingers. The more you try to control, the more you lose control. And the tighter you hold on, the more that they want to get away from you. And my desire for control rather than true love and true nurturing that I should have been doing caused my family to leave me caused everyone I cared about to leave me and left me all alone. I was the master of a universe of one person, me, and I hated it. Hmm. I'm sure there are some people that know how that feels. So, um, you know, I mean, of course, obviously, Jesus on our knees, those kind of things, but can you give us some practical tips on then living differently once you've gone through that? What are some things you do differently now? Well, I, I do my best to not react in anger, to not allow any decisions to be made while I'm upset because even Jesus knew we would get angry. Jesus himself got angry, but he told us to get angry and don't sin. You know, anger, anger is probably at the root of everything that caused my life to destruct. Anger because I couldn't control situations. Anger because I didn't have the things I needed. Anger because people didn't do the things I wanted them to do. Controlling that anger and, and not allowing it to dictate my actions really helped to change my life. The more I reacted peacefully and thoughtfully, the better things turned out. That's very powerful. So uh, for somebody who would like to potentially have a deeper conversation with you about that, how can they get in contact with you? Well, they can, they can contact me on my on my facebook or uh you know if you want to make available uh, any other contact information you want to make available yeah, i'm willing i'm willing to i don't know if i'm the best guy to talk to but you know i've been through a lot and i'd sure love to help other people not have to go through all that i went through i mean that was the main drive behind writing this book. You know, cause like I told you, I, I was scared to death to do it because all my life I've, I've not wanted people to know all the terrible things I did, but I think it's important now that they do so that they don't think that they're the only bad person in the world. So they don't think that when they mess up, 
because they're the only person that's done that. You know, we, we all make mistakes and we all do our best to put on a good facade for people around us. But I want to be able to help other people to either avoid the pitfalls or to overcome them. You don't have to stay in it. You don't have to live a defeated life just because you messed up. So, yeah, I'm, I'm willing, you know, to, to allow you to share any contact information you want. If people want to talk to me, if people want to write to me, I would be glad to share with them and pray with them and pray for them, you know, because no matter how many counselors you go to, no, ma no matter how many good books you read, no matter how many nice people you talk to, no change that we make is ever going to last unless Christ is in it. All lasting change comes through Jesus Christ. The book is called Wander, My First 50 Years by John M. Shields. You can get it on Amazon in both print and digital today. I hope you'll go and pick it up. John, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show here today. Thank you, Steve. I sure appreciate it. No matter where your wandering has taken you, no matter what has been, today is your day. Today is the day that you can and will maximize to be the best version of yourself while it's called today. To make that difference that only you can make. Because it doesn't matter where you started. It doesn't even matter where you're going to end. What matters today is where you are today. To allow your purpose to flow through and make the difference in the world that only you can make. So that you show up every day and you live as a thriving entrepreneur. We're going to take another quick commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for spending some time with us here today on Thriving Entrepreneur. Let's look more into it's not where you started. It's where you are today. Here's our next guest. All right. I want to talk to you about something today that's really near and dear to my heart because I have a lot of family members that either are or were farmers. Um, and it's important these days to have our farmers, but have them be successful business people. Now, although I know a lot of them, it's not my area of expertise, so I'm delighted to be joined by an expert in it. Join me in welcoming Zach Thomas. Hey, Zach, how are you doing today? I'm great, Steve. Thanks for having me on the show. So leader farming, um, talk to us a little bit about what you mean by that and uh, what really goes into that for you. Yeah, sure. So I grew up as a farm, uh, as a farmer on a farm in uh, North Georgia and 
I, uh, that's, that's my background as a kid and then uh, went off to the military and served my country and then uh, became an entrepreneur. And so my whole strategy for growing leaders is, uh, you know, I'd say some farmers, I, I still own a farm and I, I still farm. Uh, I have cattle and uh, other things, but um, now I, my primary crop is, is leaders. And so I say some farmers grow corn, some grow potatoes. I grow leaders. That's what I do. So that's uh, really what, uh, what I focus on as a leader and, um, and growing, my, growing my business and growing others to be leaders in my business. That is so cool because, you know, I don't know anybody that works harder than a farmer um, or cares more about what they're growing um, and to put that into leadership. That's so cool. So tell us some principles behind leader farming. Yeah, so one of the things that I discovered pretty early on in in my journey of being, I, I'm actually a Chick Fil A franchisee, and I have, uh, believe it or not, I have a have about a hundred employees, and I found myself getting kind of frustrated, fighting turnover, and trying to retain talent as I invested in people, and you know my industry, it's it's pretty high turnover. And it's pretty much uh, the given that most people that come work for me, it's their first job. They don't necessarily come knocking on my door wanting to come work for me for the rest of their lives. And so I, uh, I started thinking about this, uh, th this, what I was dealing with, with turnover. And I was literally driving down the road one day and I was driving past a local high school and I started thinking about the coach there and his strategy for his, his team. And it just popped in my mind just thinking about <clears throat> this coach and the fact that his best players are his seniors usually. I mean, that's usually the way it works in high school sports. And, and no matter what he does, he's going to lose his seniors every single year. And also, no matter what he does, he, he, has to, he has to have freshmen come in and he has developed them and he only gets to keep them for, for four years. And then I kind of started thinking about the next level and I started thinking about college level sports and the same thing there. And then, and then the next level up, I started thinking about uh, professional sports. And ironically, uh, in Major League Baseball, they call their uh, minor league teams farm teams. And it came from a years ago when major league players were kind of joking around saying that they were growing, you know, players down on these, uh, in these small towns down on the farm, like corn. And so the colloquial term farm team, uh, became, uh, pretty much, uh, something that, that people even use to this day. And I started thinking about these, uh, these, these coaches are, are managers of these farm teams and what is their objective? Well, obviously, they want to win games. That's their primary objective. They want to, want to be a coach that leads a team to, to win games and perform and do well. But then also, their whole goal is to produce talent for the major leagues. But yet, at the same time, they have to continue to maintain a good program that, that wins games. And so I started thinking a lot about that and how could I – embrace that methodology or that mindset in my business and just embrace this idea of, of turnover and not using what most employers, you know, tend to use as, you know, fear, guilt, manipulation, any other, you know, form of that to try to get team members to stay in their organization and just embrace this idea that, Hey, I'm, I'm here. Uh, to develop you and help you grow and become the best version of yourself. And if that's only for a season, I understand that. And my goal is to help you become the, become that. And if you stay inside my organization, then it makes my organization even better. But if you leave, you leave a trail of high performance. And it's, it's been great for me. Um, it is really counterintuitive, but it has really helped grow my business. And um, that's, that's pretty much the story of leader farming.
That is such a cool approach. Um, I'm curious, do you have any exciting examples of kids that you've worked with and some things they've gone on to then do? I do actually. In fact, uh, kind of give you a little bit of st statistics. I heard recently that becoming a Chick-fil-A franchisee is 30 times harder than getting into Harvard. <laughs> so um, with that statistic in mind, I have produced four Chick-fil-A franchisees out of my restaurant, three of which I hired when they were in high school. And I've developed them and now they've gone on to become uh, business owners and have their own franchises. And if you added up all the sales volume between the, the five of us, uh, including myself, you're, you're looking at over $25 million in, in sales. And so, you know, you think about that and, and what, uh, you know, what that means for the brand of, of Chick-fil-A, but also for, for individuals. And then I have a couple other uh, success stories. Um, and I have a lot of them, but, you know, two others that I'll highlight the, uh, I had, I had two kids that I hired in high school that uh, one graduated from United States Naval Academy and is now an officer in, in the Navy. And then I had another one uh, graduate from the United States Military Academy at West Point, which is my alma mater and uh, is now an officer in the army. And so I have you know, quite a few other um, folks that have gone into the banking and entrepreneurship and other other businesses, but uh, those are some of the ones that I'm most most proud of. That is so cool. Um, you know, when I think about growing leaders, which is such a great visual, um, thanks for that. I appreciate that. I, I have to admit, I may have to start using that phrase of growing leaders. I like that. Um, yeah. What is, and there's so much in your book, they have to get the book to get all of it, but what is one key thing that you can share with people to help them grow leaders? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's really hard to narrow down to one key thing, but I would say really the most important thing is, is changing your mindset and how is it that you look at people. And if you look at people as, you know, uh, uh, just tools to, to get you, where you want to be, then um, you, you may be doing great and you may be highly successful. But I think my question would be when you're 85 years old, you know, sitting on your front porch in your rocking chair, thinking about life and, and what really mattered. And maybe you've got millions of dollars in your, your bank account and a huge house and a nice car, but you know, what's really going to matter. And, that's, that's when you start thinking about what did I do with the time, money, and resources I was given to make a difference in people's lives. And for me, you know, that really helps keep me in the right mindset to invest in people and grow people. And, you know, I don't necessarily do it with uh, strings attached saying that, hey, I'm going to do this for you so that you'll um, do this for, do whatever for me. I just do it openly and freely and, and giving and, and it, but it always comes back to bless me two, three, four, sometimes a hundredfold. And, uh, so, you know, that's my encouragement is, is change your mindset to look at, uh, people as, um, assets as your greatest asset. And then also as an opportunity to invest in their lives and help them grow and become the best version of themselves. Um, I was thinking as you were talking about that, and even back when you were telling the stories of some of the successes you've had, I'm sure you've also experienced more than your fair share of people that you had great hopes in and they just didn't. Do you feel like you've found kind of a commonality between uh, people who have potential, but they just don't succeed? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I've definitely had my, uh, my failures as well. Um, there were folks that, you know, you have a lot of hope in 
and they they really just don't exactly make it and you know I think about you know what is the commonality between those that that do make it and those that don't and a lot of it um, comes down to I mean it's the things that we always talk about as as business owners and successful people you know part of it is is an abundance versus a scarcity mindset you know are they are, are the, do they think with abundance? Do they think, um, Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work hard and I'm going to give, and I'm going to, I'm going to expect the best. And, uh, and then there are those that, that approach it with, you know, somebody's out to get me. I'm a victim. Um, I'm not getting enough hours or I, this person's not really taking care of me. And, um, uh, and, and they're not willing to extend trust and, and they ultimately fail. And, you know, obviously too, work ethic is a, is a really huge, huge component. Um, growing up on a farm for me, you know, you did whatever you had to do to get the job done. And, and then obviously being in the military, you know, it uh, doesn't matter what time of day it is. If you're, if you're preparing for a mission or um, it, it, it's just, it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. And I think, um, an employee mindset and, and those that uh, end up not being very successful or those that uh, again are, are so, you know, they're self-focused and they're, they're thinking about um, there's a finite amount of time and there's a fixed amount of what I am or can do. And, uh, and then those that, that don't limit themselves and say, you know what, I'm just going to do whatever's necessary um, and, and go above and beyond, uh, my call of duty and to, um, to do my best, even when nobody's looking. And, uh, and th- those are, those are the common things that you see, um, in, in those that success, succeed versus those that fail. I know that you've created, and you talk about in your book, the FARM strategy. Um, and I don't know whether or not in the next five or 10 minutes, it's something you could break down for us, but is it something you could give us a brief overview for? Yeah, I'll, I'll try. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a book and, uh, you know, it has a lot of information in it, but, uh, I'll try to try to give the quickest version that I can, uh, with farm. So, you know, the, the F stands for freedom leading. And what I talk about in that is my personal journey from being a control command and control style leader and uh and and really using any other form of of manipulation guilt shame all those things to uh, to try to get people to do what i wanted them to do especially as a military officer uh literally put the fear of god in people um as a ranger instructor i used to make people cry for their mother <laughs> and so i felt like it was a good day if uh if that was what i i did and then I, I came off active duty in the army. I went in the chaplain candidate program for the army and I was pursuing a ministry opportunity. And, and with that, I, I shifted my mindset to a somewhat passive leadership approach. And it was one that um, kind of developed this philosophy that if you just love everybody enough, they'll do the right thing. And then I got taken advantage of. And so then I found myself kind of knee jerk reacting between the two styles and extremes of leadership of command and control and passivity. And I'll never forget one day I overheard one of my team members say, I wonder which Zach we're going to get today. And so my team members were kind of having this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde experience of my leadership. And what I, what I describe in the book is the, uh, the way I found balance, the way I found a balanced leadership approach and uh, the ability to be consistent uh, in, in who I am as a leader and, and to lead people with, in freedom, uh, giving them freedom within boundaries at, rather than uh, controlling everything they do and, uh, and not allowing them the opportunity to truly grow. And then the A uh, stands for acknowledging the seasons and embracing turnover. We already talked a good bit about that. That's where I really um, talk about the whole farm team analogy and, and how we can uh, acknowledge the seasons of, of business. You know, I think that, uh, the world was designed with seasons and depending on where you live, for the most part, we have, we have four seasons here in Georgia and we don't typically think about 
uh, and especially in the last decade, it's really hard for people to think about winter season because we've lived in such a perpetual harvest and uh, every quarter has been better than the previous quarter until, you know, until COVID-19 happened. And now all of a sudden many businesses are faced with, with winter. But then, you know, when you look outside during winter and you see that trees are bare and uh, everything, you, you could potentially think, oh, well, that tree is dead. But the reality is that it's not. And winter has its purpose. And there are things happening and root structures growing deeper and there there are things that are necessary in winter season in order to prepare for future growth and so i think that's the challenge which i've been having a lot of conversations with folks lately especially in light of covid-19 as to how and what what questions should we be asking right now during this winter season that will help us grow when spring comes again. And so um, I do kind of unpack that uh, in the book. Obviously, it was before COVID-19, but, you know, people were, thought I was kind of crazy talking about winter seasons uh, <laughs> until now. And then, um, and then risk-taking and investing in people. And so that's just this idea of, of really looking at uh, my role as a business owner is being like a portfolio manager. And if I've got all these instead of stocks or bonds or, you know, mutual funds in my portfolio, I've actually have people in my portfolio and I want to do everything I can to, you know, pick the right people that are going to perform and, and, and then help them perform better. And obviously that's our goal is, is that we want our, we want our assets and we want our people to, to perform. And so making those investments uh, in people and by, and taking a risk and doing so. And then finally making a difference. And I shared that earlier, um, just this idea of beginning with the end in mind and thinking about what, what are you going to be thinking about when you're 85 years old, sitting on your front porch in your rocking chair. And, and at the end of the day, what really matters is what did you do with the time, money, and resources you were given to make a difference in people's lives. And that's really what's going to matter. And so that's, that's a quick quickest summary I can give of, of the farm strategy for creating a sustainable growing business. I, I unpack a framework for a sustainable business that embraces seasons and turnover uh, in the book. And um, obviously we don't have time to go into all that. No, I think that gives them a really good overview. And as I said earlier, you know, you got to get the book to be able to get all of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Zach, for people that would like to dive deeper with you, of course, obviously you can get the book, Leader Farming, Growing Leaders to Grow Your Business. That's available on Amazon as well as I'm sure other booksellers. Um, but how could a person connect with you and go deeper with you? Yeah, so um, my website, leaderfarming.com. And there are opportunities on there to um, learn more about what we're doing and also connect with me. I have a monthly, uh, zoom call that I just, I let people join and it's kind of like a ask Zach, uh, conversation. And so, um, some months I have a few people show up some months I have a lot of people show up, but it's just, uh, you join my, my mailing list. It's called the, the leader farm, join the leader farm. And, uh, that gives people an opportunity to, to just have a conversation and get to know me and, and, uh, I can share what I've learned and also learn from others. I hope everyone will get the book leader farming and reach out to Zach. Um, Zach, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show here today. My pleasure. Thank you, Steve. It's not where you start. It's where you are right now. We love seeing you thrive right here in the place where you are. After all, maximizing today really is the point and the purpose of living as a thriving entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs>
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. We're here again at the end of another show. It goes by so quickly, doesn't it? You know, I do everything, all the episodes, all the segments, pre-recorded now and then do post-production on them. But I remember back when I used to do them live, that hour just whizzes by, whether I'm with one guest or multiple guests. And it's so much fun to be able to bring to you powerful people like the two guests that we had again today that make such an amazing difference in the world just simply by being themselves. It may be that where you started out like John was was a place that you don't want to live at anymore and you need to make a change. You need to take your random wandering and have it become a life of purpose. It may be that much like Zach, you took where you grew up and you've integrated it now into the person that you are as a grown professional. And you can take all of those things you learned in your childhood and apply them and make the world a better place. No matter which way you are, what I know for sure is that you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose, and the world needs you. You need to show up. You need to do what you can do today. It's not where you started. It's not even, even though I was teasing about using that as the show title, it's not about where you end. It's about where are you today? It doesn't even matter if you take that reflection and you say, hmm, I don't like where I'm at today. Because guess what? You're alive today and you get to make that change right here and right now. Share you with the world. Do those things that only you can do so that you're showing up every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur, making the impact that only you can make until we're together again next time and we learn more ways to thrive. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. who's on a mission stand out with your brand out <laughs> check this out guys yep everything's marketing and marketing is everything your existing book can become a best-selling book or even hey like mine a number one international best-selling book in five days listen if your business isn't known by everybody it's obscurity and that's death right the same thing is true for your book if you're not happy with the way your book is performing you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with Steve
believe. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You